Hello, my little darklings. The world is coming apart at the seams. We've got monsters, mummies, and rock star mysteries next on the Paranormal 60 News. And welcome back to your home away from home. The only place you need to go for the news worth hearing. And ladies and gentlemen, joining me now from across the world and around this nation, we've got the Paranormal 60 News crew. I'm your anchor, Dave Schrader. Also joining us, the one, the only, America's greatest hero, the Colonel. Happy Friday, Dave, and uh, it's great to see you. Good to see you, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> that did not seem... Uh, like you meant it at all. Great to see you. Little, well, I was uh, anticipating my drink, so had to get that uh, out in order to be able to take the drink. So I you see. Know. That's yeah. a sign that you might have a drinking problem. Speaking of <sighs> drinking problems, ladies and gentlemen, the man desperately in need of a liver transplant, the one, the only, Shashi. How did I what? know I was up next? <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, this sale, space for rent? Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So I missed the last show, so right. I, I I didn't feel that I should have somebody else's hashtag if I didn't participate. Oh, so I true. put I put the generic on here for this week. Very My hope good. is like we walk it. away with two or three to choose from this week. Well, you'll have some headlines. <laughs> yeah, we definitely have got a couple I options. I'll disappoint. I will not disappoint. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the fourth and most integral part of this component is here. He is quick off the roads where he has been undoubtedly saving kittens from trees, old ladies from potholes, and probably people from getting cheated from not enough McNuggets in their Happy Meal. Ladies and gentlemen, the paranormal detective, Greg Lawson. That was weird. That was weird, but you know what? I'm glad to be back. It's I feel like I've been away forever. We we missed our first Friday last weekend. Look at you. What are you doing? Is that peanut butter stuff? <laughs> it's peanut butter stuff. Uh, what do you mean we missed our we missed our last Friday? That's not yeah, true. That, that was the first many time. Fridays. Well, no, no, we we do it. We haven't just. I mean, I think it was the first no. time that you had to do a rerun. So we were all busy last weekend. No, I've actually uh, run okay. special edition episodes in the past. Welcome to the show. Glad you could be aware yeah. of what we do and right. how we do it around here. It was like nice. three or four weeks ago, he said he was finally going to start trying. <laughs> yeah. Right. He meant from this point forward, oh, there's no right commitment, yeah, yeah, commitment to go back and uh, revisit the old way. Whatever yeah, happened to the integral the memo, part of this whole get thing. up to speed. Come on. The three of us were still yeah. here. I was busy, man. I was, uh, yeah. I was in Jefferson with Blind Dog. Yep. Blind really? Dog, I know. I, I saw a video. So while you oh, were doing you? your talks, Blind Dog was jamming and singing, yeah. singing a little Paranormal 60 uh, music. Yeah, He's got awesome. a CD coming out. We're going to be talking to him. I'm going to have Blind Dog on to talk about it. Fine. And I want him to be here when we introduce. He wrote this beautiful song inspired by my personal experiences and then says, oh, I can't believe you want to play that. I don't really feel it's very paranormal. I'm like, are you, are you blind? 
um i said of course it's it's paranormal Re listen to your damn song he's like the greg of the music world yeah Listen, not even aware of his own song what <laughs> the greg of the music Dude. world with talent y'all don't y'all don't understand <laughs> uh we did uh we did oh, wow. yeah, song. we did play your song a few weeks ago though grow yeah don't i don't, I don't know anything about that hey, yeah. bro yeah, let's get right. started because we got a lot of news and an exciting interview. Believe it or not, Hollywood trusted me to talk to a big shot. Nice. We get to show it tonight. No, that mm. is it's true. playing with fire. That oh, is man. playing with fire. Speaking of playing with fire, uh, Chachi, you're up first, sir. What have we got going in the world of paranormal and supernatural news? Oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. Greg, mm -hmm. you're going to want to listen up to this one, okay? Okay, here I am. Here we go. I came in with a bunch of energy and stuff, and now it's like pretty much... <laughs> for anyone watching it, during this... <laughs> kick kick for, it right out of it. it home, try not to emulate Greg's energy five, if you ever need to, are, okay? We are five, five minutes in. Five minutes in, and he's, ex he's exhausted. I feel like I've, I had oh. somebody hit my solar plexus of my desire. Just, <laughs> I'd like to see a photograph of that. Hashtag, hashtag solar plexus of desire. Please write that down. That's, that's, I gotta that's grab a great album. Please write yeah. that down. Solar plexus of, was it your desire or of desire? Yeah, just, you know, desire who cares? How's that? Of desire. There you wow. go. Five minutes in. That's great. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to have to work out to have a bigger chest. Right. Are we done? Up. I will. Here, here, we here's to the solar plexus of desire. Solar plexus of desire. Here we go. Mm. Mm -mm. All right, Eric. Jameson Orange, right? Take it. There we go. Catholic exorcist warns people about the Holy Spirit board that allows the devil to disguise himself as God. Look mm -hmm. at there on the screen. Mm -hmm. wow. oh, like a that. Catholic exorcist is sounding the alarm, warning against a seemingly innocent game that may have evil intent. Wow. Father Ernesto Caro, an exorcist in the diocese. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking of that. Wow. An exorcist in the diocese. And the Ronnie James Dio. No, in the diocese. Were you just speaking tongues? That's seven a sign minutes. that Christ is with us. That's right. I didn't want to mention it. They might uh, turn seven the minutes in. <laughs> diocese of Monterey, Mexico, appeared on the yes. EWTN News nightly recently, where he voiced his concerns about a game known as the Holy Spirit Board. Per mm -hmm. Amazon, my North Star, mm -hmm. the board mm -hmm. allows users to speak directly to the big man upstairs himself, G O Double D, who communicate through the board. Nah, to nah, 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 nah. <laughs> He's <laughs> the one and only G O Double D. <laughs> who communicate through the board to answer all of life's most important questions. Really? However, <laughs> Carol says this game is nothing more than a uh -huh. disguised Ouija board. What? Wow. It's not a game. It's a trap from the devil, he explains. It's a, tra it's a trap from the devil. Yeah. He says the comments are indicative mm. of people Ooh. falling for the, quote, trap. As many claims, the Holy Spirit spoke to them through the colorful board. Mm -hmm. The board's packaging is decorated with an image of Jesus himself. Though the description on Amazon is similar to that of Ouija boards, several of which are listed in the frequently bought together section. The Holy Spirit board also includes a magic cross planchette that allegedly slides across the letters to spell mm -hmm. the messages from God. Mm -hmm. Most classic Ouija boards feature a similar tool, usually in the shape of a triangle, 
seemingly used to speak with the people in the afterlife. Mm. Carol says there is nothing more than a way for evil spirits to enter the lives of unsuspecting buyers. Mm -hmm. If the Ouija board triangle is moving by itself, be careful. It's not God. What? The devil. Oh, yeah. Get out of here. The advertising for this one takes the cake, though. This is the advertising. Okay. The Uh Holy Spirit Board is the only spirit board designed to directly contact our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm. Unlike other spirit boards that are often used to contact ghosts and demons, this is a one-way ticket straight to the heavens. Try it today and discover a new way to pray. Mm. That's I like that pray. good marketing. Jesus, I like that Jesus has upgraded his profile picture. He's aged finally. Yeah. From young, nubile, brown-bearded Jesus to... Like to, 85-year-old and yeah. pissed-off yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Hold he on. looks pretty angry. I kind of like young new. Well, I'm on I'm on Amazon right now, and they're twenty nine ninety five. I can get my delivery. Don't buy it. Wednesday. Do not buy it, Greg. Do it. Do it, Greg. You ain't afraid. The devil uh, smells. There's a You're secret Hitler game to too. Have you no. seen this secret no. Hitler game? Let's uh, not. Uh, no. No. Different story. Uh, different Colonel, show. Please help us out. We need to get away from this. Yeah. Quickly. What What is our uh, What's our next tale? Well, you know, me and uh, me and uh, Eric were talking today, and I Where thought I would continue on with hmm. the theme of the Catholic Church, okay. and I found a wow. pretty good article. Catholic Church claims to have seen a really, really cool miracle. Ooh. A Roman Catholic priest. Claims his church. Roman Catholic priest. Roman Catholic priest. No, Roman Catholic priest. Come on now. Claims his church in Connecticut was the scene of a miracle that saw Eucharistic host multiply last month. The Reverend Joseph Crowley was concluding Mass at St. Thomas Church in Thomaston on March the 5th when he announced that the Eucharistic minister saw the host human communion wafers mysteriously <laughs> multiplied what was that while he was cumin wafers <laughs> communion <laughs> wafers i said uh-huh. delicious something's yeah. wrong with my mic apparently <laughs> yeah somebody else guy sitting behind it yeah yeah because it's, it's a used C- nasa communion mic. wafers sir uh-huh. uh mysteriously uh-huh. multiplied while he what? was handing them to his congregation what okay. happened is our Lord multiplied himself, Crowley said, according to the outlet. Crowley became emotional when he told parishioners about the alleged miraculous multiplication of the host, which Catholics believe becomes the body of Jesus Christ. It's really, really cool when God does these things, and it's really, really cool when we realize what he's done. And it Mm -hmm. just happened today, the priest continued. Very powerful, very awesome, very real, very shocking, but also... It happens, and today it happened. They're running out of host wafers, and all of a sudden, more were there. So today, not only did we have the miracle of the Eucharist. Look at that. Yeah. Running out of wafers. Look at that. Look at that. Thank you for showing the picture that I sent you. Yeah. Like those things that are on the beach. What are those called? Sand Um, dollars. Sand Sand dollars. Yeah. 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 We also had a bigger miracle. It's pretty cool, the priest said. Shanapia. A parishioner at the church. I'm not even going to question Shana Pia. Nope. Spell it. No. P-I-A. He did good, Marty. Yeah. A parishioner at the church described the reported miracle as so beautiful. God has been working so many miracles in our lives lately, Pia said. 
the Archdiocese of Hartford is reportedly investigating the reported miracle, which is a process that could last as long as two weeks and require forensic analysis. Depending on the investigation's finding, the Vatican may have to be notified. There have been four approved Eucharistic miracles in the 21st century, according to the Magius Center, incidents including three consecrated hosts that appeared to bleed and a fourth that reportedly took on the face of Jesus. Mm. So you said Eucharistic good. four times correct. I know. I thought this is the word that is going to just destroy I literally had my Marty. pen and paper. Ah, Here he's, we go. He's Catholic. I was an altar boy. Yeah, yeah he's forever. Catholic. Yeah. Doesn't so last year, actually, money. yeah. I you're think, you're uh, Mexican too and can't speak Spanish, so don't don't throw that at me. Wow. Hey, dude. Hey, no, too soon. Yeah, too soon. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. All right, detective. Oh. Take us on the next really? step of this journey. Would here you? I go. All right, here oh. we go. A man go. describes what it's like to briefly die. I was separate, separate from my body. He said, mm. "Look at that." He was. He was just like married, or for those of you watching the image, does that look like the Godfather of the Paranormal, uh, John Zaffis performing CPR? Performing, yeah, that it does. Yeah. yeah. And Meanwhile, the catcher, the ump for the game, is ready to call it a home. <laughs> He's, <run>. dead. <laughs> He's dead. He's yeah. dead. Mm-hmm. Squeezed him right out of there. Yeah. Uh, there was peace about Kevin Hill as he watched himself die, and it's the memory he now has after doctors resurrected him and turned his death into a near-death experience, or also called NDE, for those of you who didn't know that. Mm. Yeah, you know I me. knew I was bleeding. I knew it was serious, he tells the mirror. The staff kept coming in and out to stop the bleeding. I knew I had died. I was separate from my body, he says. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's how the memory ends, with the current reality of him being quite alive. I just went to sleep and I woke up alive and the bleeding had stopped. He said, I knew it wasn't my time to die. Hill 55 from Derbyshire in England has a disease that eats away Let's, at uh, his I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it time out there. Derbyshire. Derbyshire. Jesus. Here's the Derbyshire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Middle Earth, Greg. Derbyshire. Derbyshire. We live Derbyshire. in the Derbyshire. And we Although have when little... you say Derbyshire, it kind of sounds like the Swedish chef is saying we, it, doesn't Derbyshire. it? We have little hats. Derbyshire. Yes. I live in yeah. the Derbyshire. We all wear little Derby. hats. Anyway, uh, what's more disturbing about the uh, this than the actually near-death experience is that he has a disease that eats away at his skin. Oh. And I know this is why Dave gave me this story. Uh-huh. Calciphylaxis. Uh-huh. <laughs> is that nice. what a man wears when he's going to have relations? No. Isn't that is they sang in Mary Poppins? Wouldn't you sing a song like That was supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Uh, oh, super, okay. Yeah. I got you. Even though the sound Sorry. of it is something quite atrocious. How would uh, you wear that? It's Derbyshire. You put it on. All right. It's Derbyshire. So, Derbyshire. His rotting skin grew so intense oh. in 2022, oh. he started bleeding and his heart stopped and because of the blood loss before the doctors could actually revive him. I wasn't looking down at my body, Hill says about the event, but I was separate from my body. 
It was like I was in the spirit realm. I was conscious of what was going on, but had so much peace, he said. Uh, maybe the NDE stories surround far or sound far <laughs> sound sound to that much to you. Uh -huh. Yep. But scientists say the events definitely do occur. The experts just aren't entirely sure how or why. Reacher. <laughs> Reacher what? Reacher. Oh, oh. Love that show on Amazon. Researchers, especially, oh, yeah, oh, especially those in the oh, International research. Association for Near-Death Studies, believe NDEs, NDEs most likely happen due to a change of blood flow in the brain during sudden life-threatening events like a heart attack, blunt trauma, or even shock. As your brain starts losing blood and oxygen, the electrical activity within the brain begins to power down. Like a town that loses power one neighborhood at a time, the local regions of the brain go offline one after another, one expert told Scientific American. During a... NDE, mm. your mind is left keeping working, but mm. without its normal operational parameters, mm. whether simply uh, an oxygen shortage or some sort of anesthesia or neurochemical response to trauma, a hypothesized NDE leaves those experiencing it with some real and sometimes uh, uh, very detailed memories. Everyone said I should be dead. Hill said. Instead, it was an NDE. Dun, dun, Look at dun. the x-ray of his head. He wow. probably wow. should have been dead. Look he at should that. have been dead. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. Oh. Yeah. NDE. What a way to go. Oh, could you imagine your, your skin is just basically melting off? Yeah. The NDE is not that interesting. I think, uh, you know, rotting skin condition is much more interesting come on i still yeah. have half a martini glass to go here let's not That's get true. all gross stuff here hey guys listen to this this was like in the washington news this was on uh, many different news cycles washington up. washington washington yeah. washington bent nails at a roman burial site form magical barrier how to keep dead from rising that's how Let's take a look at what they're look doing. Archaeologists excavating an early Roman imperial tomb in Turkey have uncovered evidence of unusual funerary practices. Instead of the typical method of being cremated on a funeral pyre and the remains relocated to a final resting place, these burnt remains had been left in place and covered in brick tiles and then a layer of lime. Finally, several dozen bent and twisted nails some with their heads pinched off, had been scattered around the burn site. The archaeologists suggest that this is evidence of magical thinking, specifically an attempt to prevent the deceased from rising from the grave to haunt the living, according to a recent paper that was published in the journal Antiquity. Now, perhaps the best-known examples of this kind of superstitious funerary practice are the so-called vampire burials that occasionally pop up at archaeological sites around the world in the early 1990s, children playing in Connecticut stumbled upon the 19th century remains of a middle-aged man identified only by the initials JB55, spelled out in brass tacks on his coffin. His skull and femurs were neatly arranged in the shape of a skull and crossbones, leading archaeologists to conclude that the man had been a suspected vampire by his community. 
They have since found a likely identification for JB55 and reconstructed what the man may have actually looked like. Then, in 2018, archaeologists discovered the skeleton of a 10-year-old child in an ancient Roman site in Italy with a rock carefully placed in its mouth. This suggests those who buried the child, who probably died of malaria during a deadly 5th century outbreak, feared that it might rise from the dead, spreading the disease to those who survived. Locals are calling it the Vampire of Lugano. And last year, archaeologists uncovered an unusual example of people using the tips in the seventh, only the tips in the 17th century Polish cemetery near Bragstach, mm. a female skeleton buried with a, I almost said a pickle. She was buried mm -hmm. with a sickle, different thing, placed <laughs> across her neck as well as a padlock on her big toe of her oh, left yeah. foot. Yep. Now, the latest find is part of research uh, in a project done by Coulavon in Belgium to excavate a specific area of the Sagalosis site in southwest Turkey. The scattered nails were found at roughly rectangular patch of burnt soil, the remains of a funeral pyre, complete with charcoal fragments of pine and tar, as well as burnt human bones. There were also several artifacts around with the burnt remains, a coin dating from the 2nd century CE, a handful of ceramic vessels from the 1st century CE, two blown glass urns, and an item made of worked bone with bronze hinges, whose purpose is still unknown. unknown. This is evidence that the mourners seem to follow at least some of the traditional funeral rites. It's the 41 broken and bent nails, 25 bent at a 90 degree angle that uh, with the heads pinched off, 16 bent and twisted otherwise whole recovered from the site that set this cremation apart. These were not coffin nails, which are usually found intact and nails weren't used in the construction of the funeral pyre. So the authors concluded that the broken nails had been deliberately scattered about the burial site to form what's known as a magical barrier. The nails were either meant to protect the deceased from evil in the afterlife or to prevent the dead from harming the living in some way. In this case, the combination of nails and bricks designed to restrain the dead with the sealing effect of the lime strongly implies a fear of the restless dead. Regardless of whether the cause was traumatic, mysterious, or potentially the result of a contagious illness or punishment, it appears to have left the dead intent on retaliation and the living fearful of the deceased's return. How about that? Wow. A lot of I, words in that one. I, I was going to mention mm -hmm. that uh, yeah. I, I did write down the word magical barrier. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I Something spoke to me. It, mm -hmm. it felt like something I've heard Greg mention before about someone having a magical barrier. He was unable mm -hmm. to to pass through. Wow. Do you remember that oh, yeah. story, Greg? Do you want to elaborate oh, yeah. on that, Greg? No. Uh, no? Okay. It's not the Kling brothers. They apparently allow him around them all the time. No magical barrier at all. No, there's no magical yeah. barrier. Magical barrier there. We don't need that. Mm -mm. Hey, guys, this is really exciting. Last night, I got a chance to see a sneak preview of the brand new horror thriller comedy called Renfield. Ooh. Have you guys seen the, the trailer for this? I've heard so. about it. Oh, really, really cool. The concept is it's current day. Dracula still walks amongst us, as does his familiar, the lovable and humble Renfield, whose job it is 
to do all the dirty work for Dracula during day hours so that Dracula can feast and have fun at night. And they've done it with a humorous slant, but I'll tell you what, this movie is great. Chris McKay is the director. And today, a little earlier today, I got to sit down and this is what he had to say. Hi everybody. Dave Schrader here with the paranormal 60 sitting down with director Chris McKay to talk about the new movie Renfield. Now, coming off of the Tomorrow War, Lego movie, Lego Batman, are you finally hoping for a successful movie, Chris? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, hopefully this one will be the one that'll this yeah, squeak past, uh, squeak, you know, squeak up the, into the, into the, you know, top of the box office. Yes. Boy, you have got a great pedigree of movies behind you. Fantastic storytelling abilities. And you bring it out with Renfield. I got to tell you, I'm a, I'm a vampire fan. I'm a Dracula fan. Although there's a lot of hit and misses out there, you definitely hit with this movie this has got such a great quality nods to the original movies uh and taking it into a new generation why do you think dracula is such a a wealth and font of entertainment that people continue to go back to that well yeah i mean you know uh, dracula is a character that you know is we're fascinated with vampires you know that idea of eternal life the kind of the romanticism and the in the sort of you know, the kind of, uh, you know, sexuality of the vampire has always been very intriguing. You know, charismatic, Belagosi was very charismatic and, you know, women were, you know, falling for him. Christopher Lee, Franklin oh, Jello. You, you don't have to tell me, Chris, I've been rocking the Nosferatu look for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's, but we, but we love those, uh, we love those char- versions of Dracula also because they are, we're, we we feel sorry for them. I and mean, that's the great trick that the Universal Monsters did is you really do care about these characters. And Dracula can't help, you know, who he is. And they're, they're, you know, he's very seductive, but he's also kind of, um, you know, you can't help that he is, who he is. And, and so it was kind of sad. You know, they can't have a normal life. And and so I think that's why, you know, I think I've always been kind of drawn to, you know, Dracula's you know, this kind of anti-hero character. I think you did a great job of really, again, giving... Uh, acknowledgement to the uh, Christopher Lee and Bella Lugosi movies. This almost felt like it could have been a great sequel to the original mm. Bella Lugosi Dracula. Yeah. Um, it, it, with the original scenes that you you put in the movie, were those reshot or were you using clever CGI editing to add Nicholas Holt and Nick Cage to those original film prints? Yeah, we we basically took the you know a high resolution scan of the Todd Browning movie erased Bela Lugosi and put Nicolas Cage and Nick Holt into, for instance, the giant staircase in Dracula's castle uh, with a giant spider web behind it and all right. that kind of thing. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of like Forrest Gump, I guess, a little bit where you're kind of, you know, compositing, you know, Tom Hanks into, you know, you know, ar- archival footage. Well, it's a great, uh, I guess, a great way to take characters that people are familiar with, kind of shake up the world, put them back into a perspective that we're all used to now and seeing how somebody like Renfield would have to deal with his kind of uh, oppressive boss yeah. and uh, and and Nick Cage man it's like he was born to play Dracula i i've seen so many different roles this guy has done but he master and commands this role in a sense of there are times he is channeling Bella Lugosi there oh, yeah. are times he's got that tilted Christopher Lee vampire yeah. look you yeah. had to just be thrilled to see these angles coming out from both Nicolas Cage and Nick Holt, the way that they embodied and emboldened these characters yeah. in the 21st century. Yeah, I mean, you know, Cage has always I wanted to play Dracula, 
Uh, I think that's one of his dream roles. And uh, and weirdly, he does look like Bela Lugosi and Christopher Lee. The first the first time we saw the costume test, the makeup test, and it was just you know it was just uncanny how much he you know felt like both of those guys, kind of a right. weird hybrid of both of those characters, both those actors, and um, he. And, but at the same time, kind of made it his own, just with his. You know, he brought his father's voice. He was using, you know, his 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 father was a literature professor and had this very kind of mid-Atlantic accent. And so he's bringing his father's voice into this, who was a character that loomed large over, you know, Cage as a young man and and showed him Nosferatu when he was like five years old and Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which explains a lot about how Nick Cage, you know, sees acting and the, the shapes that he makes with his body and things like that. Um, so... There, there was, you know, there was, it was, you know, by synthesizing things from the past and at the same time, kind of, you know, finding our own, you know, the, the, the boss from hell version of Dracula, a guy who, you know, as described in the script is kind of like a rock and roll lead singer version of Dracula. Right. Um, that, that we kind of found a sweet spot that really felt for me, um, honored both the past and kind of what we were doing with it with, you know, this, uh, with our sort of take on it. All I'm going to say is, please save the Marvel Dark Universe. You need to step in and take over the, the <laughs> Werewolf by Night and Dracula and, and all of the great stories. Yeah, yeah. Renfield opens April 14th. Chris McKay, another fantastic movie. And thank you for salvaging an amazing character and bringing them into the new world. Oh, that's nice of you to say that. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's good talking to you. Mr. Renfield, welcome. I am Dracula. You will make a very good assistant. No, he's evil. We will protect you. You have the word of the most trusted institution on earth, the Catholic Church. Your sole purpose in life is to serve me. Now, let's see. I just want a normal life again. God bless you, Mr. Renfield. Oh, God bless you, nuns. You're a hero. Robert Montague Renfield. Let me explain. I work for Dracula. Count Dracula? It's the real Dracula! Some call me the Dark One. Others, the Lord of Death. <laughs> so you bring in people to eat? Well, I do other stuff. Like what? Wash his cape? No. The cape is dry clean only. Strictly. Yeah, I'm aware of this. This fly, yeah. You're gonna think he's such a bad guy, but you're never really gonna be free until you face him. I will no longer tolerate Abuse. <laughs> I deserve happiness. Let me explain something to you. Okay. You deserve only suffering. I will unleash an army of death. Everyone you care about will suffer because you betrayed me. We have to stop him before sunset. I am enough. I deserve happiness. And I take full charge of my life You know, 
when something crazy happens and someone's like, it's okay, I've seen way worse. Everything I saw you do today is gonna be my way worse. It's my least favorite part of the job. This movie is great. Guys, I can't tell you. It is such a great combination of horror, and it almost has a Marvel superhero vibe to it. The special effects are great. The nods to Bella Lugosi, Christopher Lee, um, even like kind of the Hammer film, the, the gore factor of the Hammer films, uh, really well done throughout. And I, it wasn't just lip service to Mr. McKay. This movie felt like it could have been an updated sequel to the original Todd Browning, Bella Lugosi, Dracula. So I loved it. I would say on a scale of one to five phantoms, I give this a solid four and three quarters phantoms. That's where I sit on this movie. It opens up nationwide next Friday, April 14th. Boom. Nicolas Cage looked like he was having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. And yeah. you see it. And you know, yeah. his quirkiness fits this character so well. His, his uh, over-the-top acting in some of the movies that he's done in the past, he pulls it in at the right points, allows that full-blown crazy out when it needs to be, and then tucks it back in for some really intense, dark moments as Dracula. Uh, and Nicholas Holt, who I've loved since he was a young actor, you know, he was in one of my favorite uh, movies, About a Boy, with Hugh Grant. He has quickly become kind of the new 21st century Hugh Grant. He's this floppy-haired, affable, sweet English guy who you just you root for throughout the entire movie. Really well done. I, I give this, like I said, four and three-quarters phantoms. The only reason it's not a perfect five phantoms is I wasn't in it as the Nosferatu version. I knew exactly that's where you were going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, as you should. Makes sense. So yeah, so that's uh, that's where I stand on it. Um, it was exciting, great opportunity to talk to uh, Chris McKay today, and I want to thank Universal Pictures for allowing me that opportunity. That's two pretty big directors. I got to talk to Jason Blum from Blumhouse Productions, and now Chris McKay. And again, what a pedigree, guys! The Lego Movie, the Lego Batman Movie, and uh, the Tomorrow War—all remarkably good flicks. And so, to come into this one, boom. To hit the trifecta, do you think the third interview will be with Scorsese? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, and by no mm. doubt, I mean no doubt no, that'll never it's happen. Never gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm full of doubt on all of that. <laughs> hey guys, the movie does take place uh for the better part of it in New Orleans. Oh yeah. New Orleans has got a I lot of magic. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be in New Orleans later this year, and I'd love for you guys, you the viewers, the listeners of the Paranormal 60 to join when? me in New Orleans. I'm gonna be out there. We've got all the information at darknessevents.com. That's darknessevents.com. We are gonna go in search of ghostesses, vampires, werewolves. That's right, the Rougarou which is not just Australian for beer. It Mm. is going to be an amazing time, haunted locations. Plus we get to hang out with bloody Mary Milan. She is going to be our tour guide for part of this. And we're going to get to see crypts, haunted houses, and more. If you want to join me and find out more about it, check out darknessevents.com. 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 Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? 
A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's better. Help, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on. And if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. Betterhelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Haunted Magazine is a publication dedicated to all things paranormal and spooky. Each issue features articles, interviews, and stories about ghosts, hauntings, and other unexplained phenomena. The magazine also covers topics such as cryptozoology, UFOs, and other aspects of the supernatural. Expect to find in-depth investigations of haunted locations, first-hand accounts of ghostly encounters, and reports of paranormal events and attractions. The magazine also includes features on the latest ghost hunting technology and techniques, as well as tips for those looking to search the supernatural on their own. Issue 37, The Frights of Spring, will be in stores from March 6. So remember, don't be normal. Be paranormal, and order your copy, today. Hey, the brand new Paranormal 60 protection and energy bracelets are out and available right now. You can go to uh, Paranormal60.com. That's Paranormal60.com. Click on the shop. You'll find the links and information there. Beautiful bracelets. Uh, Two different styles are out for 2023. One includes the blessed St. Benedict medals, some of the most powerful religious amulets for warding off evil and negativity. For those of you that would like the bracelet without the religious connotations, we've replaced those with hematite so that you can get the same beautiful black obsidian along with uh, moonstone and hematite for all of the grounding, protection, and healing you could ever ask for. Check it out, the Paranormal 60 Protection and Energy Bracelets by going again to paranormal60.com. Click on the shop, scroll down the page. You'll find all of the great swag we have there. Or just email me about it. They're only $40 a piece plus $7.95 shipping and handling. We'd love for you to show your support for the best in paranormal programming. Get your Paranormal 60 Protection and Energy Bracelet now. 
Join us for this amazing paranormal conference that's being held in a haunted school in Glen Beulah, Wisconsin. Haunted Midwest Ghost Tours presents Great Lakes Paranormal Conference on September 22nd through the 24th, 2023. We have some great speakers with Jason Hawes, Adam Berry, Sherry Benedetti, Lyle Blackburn, Shane Pittman, Sarah Lemos, Dave Schrader, Jeff Bellinger, along with Wisconsin's very own Chad Lewis, and many more will make this one of Wisconsin's most talked about events. We have over 40 vendors and nighttime investigations at various haunted locations with special guests. Get your tickets now at GreatLakesParanormalConference.com and find us on Facebook under the same name. Choose from VIP, General 3-Day, and Day Pass. Again, that's GreatLakesParanormalConference.com. Believe it or not, May is almost here, which means it's time for Parasycon 4 at Ohio State Reformatory, the real Shawshank prison. I'd love for you to join me along with Daniel Class and uh, Christopher uh, Booth. We've got uh, Andrea Perrin is going to be on hand. Um, gosh, the Ghost Brothers will be there. Aaron Sagers, the real-life ghost whisperer, Mary Ann Winkowski will be there. Shane Pittman and myself, Dave Schrader from the Holzer Files, and the Ghosts of Devil's Perch. We're all going to be there. That takes place May 19th through the 21st. There are only a handful of tickets left for the weekend. There may only be a few of the Ghost Hunt tickets left available. You can get more information at parapsychon.com. Parapsychon.com. Or if it's easier, just go check out over at my website, darknessevents.com, and you'll be able to keep up with all the great locations and fantastic places you can see me at this year. Let's bring the team back. The Colonel, the Detective, and the Chachi are all here. The Chachi. Yeah, this the space Chachi. for rent. How I'm much if people just want to rent out to have like their own paranormal team uh, listed on there or their, their paranormal product? or just like a message to their mother? What's the cost, Chachi, and how do they reach out to you? Dave, you know, a couple weeks ago, <laughs> I thought during a, a binge uh -huh. drinking evening of this show that mm, I yes. would make an offer to people if they wanted to have my bush meat on <laughs> their shirt. Yes. That backfired when I received a <laughs> abrupt text from Mr. Schrader explaining to, please don't do that anymore. I appreciate it, but you don't have the shirts. So to get the bush meat to the shirt man, to get to the end of the line, it's quite a, a, a logistic challenges. So for those of you that did order it, you're the only ones that are going to have the shirt that has hashtag bush meat on it. I think there were three or four of them that went through. That's it. That's it. Because <laughs> that it is a nightmare. <laughs> and it's it all my fault. <laughs> yes. Call so, me. The, what's nice is if, if you get you like some something meat. like on my shirt like you have here, we don't uh -huh. have to go through the middleman, Dave Schrader, right? No, right. They can send their request to you. Yes. All you need to do is just forward it to me. Making me the middleman again. <laughs> but it's a different kind of middleman. Yeah, you go that through the middleman. It's yeah, a logistical middleman that's not yeah. a nightmare. But that's I like right. your idea there because uh -huh. although we've got one, two, three, five different hashtags in the, out of the first four stories, right. I would like to start maybe promoting some folks that have been so good to us on the show. Well, That's thanks, true. man. Thank you. No, he said good. Wait, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Keyword. Go ahead. Go ahead, Eric. 
If you want me to wear an Eeyore shirt, I'd be happy to, Greg. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, listen, can I throw this out there, Dave? Please. Okay. If you would like mm-hmm. Chachi to wear your saying on his shirt, mm-hmm. a simple email to mm-hmm. Dave at Paranormal60.com. Yeah. dot com dot net dot biz dot no no, no just david paranormal 60.com okay mud dog and i will pick the funniest relatively clean maybe with an innuendo okay for next week how's that sound great yeah i like it and no, then you'll wear it on man. the show I'll will you then the afterwards will you take the shirt off and mail it to the winner Oh, or I'll, I'll I could keep the shirt on and wear it to their house. Wow. Well, see, again, you're making big promises. Yes, I will. Right. I will mail it out mm. via Dave's postage meter. To yes. Postage meter. Postage smells like uh, meter. smells like English leather. Can we see you? I've gone it's too far again. Left in the Jameson bottle this time. I know last time you were giving us kind of updates. No, the other Jameson bottle. Oh. The Jameson bottle was empty. So I grabbed the Glenlivet bottle about wow. 4.30 this afternoon, 5 o'clock. Uh, and it's gone. And it's gone now. Screwball yeah. empty. Screwball empty. Davey, no happy. No more screwball. All right. We've got did a story. Did we get fans to send in bottles of liquor? No, no, <laughs> no, we can't. But if you come see us in Austin, Texas, the that's Galaxy, right. Bring it on. All right. For more information, darknessevents.com. Find out about GalaxyCon Austin, and we'll all be there. All right. Chachi's got a story. This one he's been excited to share with us all week. Let's get to it. I was excited to share, and then I thought to myself, what if this hits too close to home for some of the listeners? Yeah. I am just going to read this with with no preconceived notions of how our listeners Mm -hmm. act in their personal lives. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Here we go. A Peru man Mm -hmm. was caught with a mummy girlfriend. Mm, yeah. So in Peru, which those folks are known as Peruvians, I don't know if you knew that, Dave. Mm. A 26-year-old man has been arrested. I don't understand why. After his quote girlfriend was found in a cooler bag he had brought to an archaeological site to show off to his friends. Mm. His quote mm. girlfriend was an 800-year-old mummy of a 45-year-old man. A delivery man in Peru has been spotted by police carrying an ancient mummy inside his cooler bag. Police located a man acting drunk at an ancient archaeological site in the southeastern city of Puno. They searched his cooler bag and found the remains bandaged in the fetal position. The man says he'd been sharing his room with Juanita, whom he has likened to as a kind of spiritual girlfriend. Experts say the mummified male would have been no older than 45 years old and is believed to have died between 600 and 800 years ago. It's believed the man wanted to show off the remains to his friends. Okay. 
You know, it's is it just me or was that guy super smarmy? Yeah. <laughs> super. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he so, slowly and deliberately told that story. Oh, painful. Martin. Yes, Martin. And those people listening on the podcast think that Eric just uh, developed an Australian accent in a matter of like milliseconds there. Oh, that was a, uh, that was the original news clip I had to show from the uh, from the English news uh, station. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it, Sky TV? That guy's Mister Snarky. The disdain dripping off his tongue as yeah. he tells the story. We heard that. Yeah. Oh, gross. All right, continue just, on, Eric. Is it just me, or are you uncomfortable with the position in this mummy is in? Well, mm-hmm. wouldn't you be in the same position knowing what uh, Julio has been doing? Well, here mm-hmm. we go. Yep. Yeah. The extreme mm-hmm. May-December relationship was discovered in the picturesque city. Wow. Discovered, you say? I'm speaking Scottish. <laughs> yes, oh. you are. Uh-huh. It was discovered yeah. in the picturesque city of Puno on the shores of Puno. Lake Titicaca in southern Peru. <laughs> I love that. I, <laughs> I think I've heard that like an Adam Sandler Ooh. movie. I didn't know yes. that was a real place. Oh, that's a real deal. Yeah. 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 Um, where police questioned the man who was drinking with friends at the archaeological park. Julio Cesar Bermijo, is that how you say it, Marty? Exactly, sir. <laughs> said the ancient relic, whom he called Juanita, sleeps in his bedroom. Mm. There's my bed, the TV set, and next to it, there's Juanita. Love. <laughs> he told a group of reporters at the site where he was arrested. I take mm. care of it. I don't like the pronoun use there. I take care of it. Mm. It's like if you pardon the expression as if we were together in a spiritual girlfriend kind of way. He said his father brought Juanita home over 30 years ago. His father? Bad news, said the Ministry of Culture. (laughs) It's not a Juanita. Wrong answer. It's not a Juanita. It's a Juan. It's a Juanito. It's the mummy was a male and at least 45 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I took it to my crib and everything went well as planned. But when she got her dress, it was a big old man. Shayna was a man. Juanita Ooh, was a man. Was a man, yeah. Juanito. Oh. All right. Juanito. Well, quick side note here, guys, in the story. Oh, what, there's more? Oh, this is the uncomfortable part. Oh, earlier, yeah. earlier was not uncomfortable. Right, right. So the cooler bag that our friend Julio touted his girlfriend in, uh-huh, well, uh-huh. it was also used by him for his day job, which was, uh, wait for no, it here, folks. No, He mm. performed local food deliveries. Yeah. I love this photo. It looks like Juanita's leaning out like, hey, <laughs> hey. guess who's coming inside? <laughs> oh, don't say now, that. listen yes here here comes the the part that i wasn't sure i could read but it's part of the story and as a journalist i have to correct yeah yeah this this is my this is my walter cronkite moment oh boy an online poster who trolled him mercilessly (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna read that again if you don't mind yeah please and boop an online poster going by the name Miss Connie Lingus. <laughs> Greg's head is going to blow up his shoulders. <laughs> okay. Troll him God. mercilessly after the revelation. But guys, what? Let's not what? be hard on poor Julio, as he wasn't the first man 
to the fall for the allure of Juanita. Juanita? Juanita? Lovely, dear Juanita. From your head down to your feet, there's nothing half so sweet as Juanita. Juanita. Lovely, dear Juanita. Look at her. Oh, Barney, you say the sweetest thing. Look at her face. Look at her mouth. Yeah. Yeah, it's a oh, him. Oh, 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 oh. Stop looking oh, at it. We don't know that. Wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait. The, is it just me does... or is Juan missing some teeth in the front? This, does, yeah. this isn't Let's deliverance, just... man. It's Are you sure? Because it, it looks like he uses that bag to deliver. <laughs> deliver. Yeah, Thank you. Right. Thank that you. Was good, that's why I'm the host. Yeah. Uh-huh. Way to set it up. Speaking of setting it up, Marty, hey, you've got yes. a story to share with us. Here comes Marty. Here comes Marty. Going next? I'm going to go right. on mute. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great. Get well, your drinks you know, ready. Experts use AI to analyze iconic 1967 Patterson Gimlin Bigfoot film. For mm. more than 50 years, one piece of Bigfoot footage has stood out among all the others the Patterson Gimlin film. Shot on October 20th, 1967, in Northern California, the Patterson Gimlin film has probably been analyzed more than any other Bigfoot footage ever taken. It was taken by two men, Roger Patterson and Robert Gimlin, along Bluff Creek in Del Norte County on the Six Rivers National Forest. While the scientific community has mostly ignored the Patterson Gimlin film, it has been far from ignored. Numerous attempts have been made to debunk it over the past five decades, and still, no one has been able to dispute its authenticity with 100% certainty. In 2016, Outside wrote <laughs> six pain. All of a sudden, he's in six pain. That there twenty six pain. Y'all, I'm just doing the Del Norte County uh, accent for y'all. Is that oh, that's it. Yes, it. Oh, please, yeah. please let there be someone from Del Norte County <laughs> in the show tonight, please. That's it. Uh-huh. In 2016, rather, yes. Outside wrote about Robert Gimlin and Roger Patterson's encounter with Whoa. Bigfoot. Whoa. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. I remember that episode. I remember that. <laughs> the final 59.5 second film, which the men would airmail back home to be developed, would soon become the world famous Patterson Gimlin film, arguably one of the most scrutinized pieces of video footage ever made. It is the tripnozoological equivalent <laughs> to the Kennedy Trip, assassination. Tripno. Trip, yeah. no. Let's try, no. let's try cryptozoological. Crypto. Did I say no. trip now? It, it is cryptozoological. What did you say? Cryptozoological. That's it. Exactly you are what correct. I said, That's gentlemen. exactly what you said. I can't fit that on a shirt. Yes. Which happens to be equivalent to the Kennedy assassination Zapruder film. Uh-huh. The film met immediately criticisms accusing Patterson and Gimlin of being master pranksters who simply filmed a man in an ape suit and laid fake footprints in the mud. That doesn't look fake to me, gentlemen. I'm oh, sorry. It's really good. Yeah. yeah, it does. Now, after hundreds of other reported Bigfoot sightings in countries all over the world, some dating back to the 19th century, experts have been able to use AI and computer vision to stabilize the key footage from the Patterson-Gimlin film. Does it finally solve the mystery of the iconic footage that put Bigfoot on the map? 
I can understand why they don't believe it, because I didn't believe it either. Gimlin recalled telling John Green, a prominent Canadian Bigfoot researcher, in his interview with Outside, but I saw one, and I know what I saw, and I know it wasn't a man in a suit. It couldn't have been. Unfortunately, even after the AI analysis, we still can't confirm or deny with 100% certainty whether the Patterson-Gimlin film was real or a hoax. Mm. But boy, that's hey. some really stable footage there that's now. Some stable footage, yep. Hey, for what it's worth, um, yep. Blind mm-hmm. Dog yes. will be doing a, uh, um, yeah, a Bigfoot uh, song. Yeah. Excellent. We can't awesome. wait to hear it, Blind Dog. And uh, guess who is going to be on it? God, I hope it's Blind you. Dog. Yeah. Both of you? And Bob Gimlin. Really? Stand by. Yes, sir. I thought you oh damn! Yes, so it's an actual minute. audio. What I've got, uh, I've got, I've got interviews with Bob Gimlin where he burps throughout the entire interview. Oh, it's that might actually that might be better. But uh, do yeah. you have the uh, rights to those? Wow. Okay, then I do. Wow. I have okay. all the Bob Gilman burps you could want. Greg said he was going to start trying tonight. I think he might actually be trying. Let, let's he see. Is. Let's give him a chance because he's up with the next story. So we <laughs> oh, can't geez. prove Bigfoot. Uh, you know, we can't prove that Bigfoot's alive. But this is one that I know has fascinated Greg mm-hmm. for a while. It has. Let's all have a. Step. Is it women's anatomy? <clears throat> that too. I said fascinates, not confounds. Oh. oh. No. So nobody knows the identity of this terrifying beast that killed hundreds of people in 1700s France. The province of Jovedan in France is one of the most terrorized areas from a predator so fearsome and deadly that it claimed over 100 lives and sparked widespread. Why I said widespread. Wide, wide, widespread. Widespread panic amongst the population. It's wow. great. <laughs> wow. We get a snort out of the host, everybody. Oh, my Lord. Uh, hey, man. Dave Schrader. <laughs> <laughs> you know that Cinco de Mayo is coming up when this is happening. Yes, it oh, is, baby. <laughs> Good old wife spread. <laughs> I got the next six months of shirts. This is great. So, yeah. Oh, yes. Hey, hey, hey. Sorry, Let's go. go. The elusive creature known as the Beast of Jovedan and is identified still by remains unknown to this day. Mm -hmm. It was described as a wolf-like and distinctly canine creature with features just like a dog or a wolf or something like that, but much larger (laughs) in size, (laughs) closer. Like a dog or a wolf or like. Um, or a horse, like an yeah. elephant or something. That's what it says. A, a closer oh. to a cow or a horse in size. Yeah, I think those are the perfect pictures right there. That's real stuff mm-hmm. from the real times of the Beast of Jobadon and when they were killing mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, it was often reported to be a tawny or russet color, uh, but with a white heart-shaped pattern on its chest. Uh, the beast's preferred targets were young women and children. And, uh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> That's worse than me with uh, ambushing. All right, I'm going to slow down. Okay. Please, ambushing yeah. them to drag them away into surrounding forest. 
the mm. creature would often attack it like bush meats by biting their Ooh, necks or heads and inflicting severe injuries that frequently proved fatal. In many cases, the beast seemed to kill for fun rather than for sustenance, and it would often leave its prey uneaten or only partially consumed. In response to the wave of terror caused by the beast, the King of France sent a succession of hunter parties to the region to capture or kill the creature. These expeditions consisted of the finest hunters and trackers in France and were equipped with the latest weapons and technology available at the time. They focused on hunting wolves, but were unable to get the attacks to cease on humans. Hmm. A replacement of or a replacement wolf hunter was sent to eventually kill a six foot long wolf and declared the terror over. But guess what? It wasn't. Now nah, the attacks continued. It was not a Much like a fairy tale, <laughs> it was a peasant that came along and finally succeeded in saving the kingdom from the beast of Jovedan. Local authorities accredited the modest hunter's success with prayer and allegedly a special bullet of silver possibly melted from a religious artifact associated with the Virgin Mary. Despite the fervent public interest in the beast of Jovedon, the autopsy performed on the creature creature's remains were ultimately inconclusive. The beast's body had already begun to de decompose by the time it was examined, making it difficult to determine its true identity. Skeptics have uh, assumed that the beast of Jovedon may have been a wolf infected with rabies or... Uh, 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 <laughs> the wrong, Jesus. Just read. It's All you have to do is read. It's virus, a word. It's a word. It's like, wait, what do I say here? The the of the attacks <laughs> and <laughs> is known to cause violent aggression toward the guy that's trying to read and making him <laughs> yeah. feel bad about himself. Uh, and, uh, uh, prior to the development of a vaccine, rabies was a significant public health concern <laughs> and established. Uh, it killed tens of thousands of people there. That's it, yeah. Hey, can Jovedon. I just say? Um, Doesn't Beast of Jovedon sound like a cologne from the 80s? Yes. Hey, right next to Bruce. Well, Dave, Dave yeah. okay. you what? took what? me to France. I know I did. Yeah, we went all over the place. We're going to about that. Wait, and when we were in we'll Paris. Have, we'll always have Paris, Greg. And we went to Paris. And uh -huh. when I was there, myself oh and my Amanda, God. our little friend, we went over uh -huh. to uh, the uh, Jardin de Plants. That's the uh, like the nat natural, yeah, Jardin de Plants. It's a oh garden of plants. Jardin de Plants. Jardin de Plants. My Dior. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> and it's it's like it's like the uh, natural uh, history museum or something mm -hmm. anyway mm -hmm. we tracked all through there i got great video i i was gonna put it all together and everything anyway we got over there and we were gonna go see the skull they have the skull of the beast of jovedon mm -hmm. there yeah mm -hmm. and we were gonna go there and uh, it closed at uh, five o'clock and so we showed up at 4 16 and they don't let any more ticket holders in past 4 15 mm wrong and it was our last day in in france well, we could always go back to france 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going back. Uh, could could oh. I just share that when Greg mentioned the Virgin Mary, um, I heard voices other than myself kind of uh, kind of moan a little bit. <laughs> you did not. I did. Eric, Roll Eric, you got a story. Let's go to rock and roll, shall we? We've got uh, uh, we've got a couple of rock and tales to go. My out favorite stories about about rock and roll, right? And this right, one, right? This one, and one of the greatest names in rock history, Geezer. Geezer Butler from Black Sabbath. That's right. So Black Sabbath was formed in Birmingham, not Birmingham, 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 Mm -hmm. England in 1968. (laughs) Oh, my God. The original lineup consisted of Ozzy Osbourne on vocals, Mm -hmm. Tony Iommi on guitar, Mm -hmm. Geezer Butler on bass, and Bill Ward (laughs) That's how it's spelled. Up on the bass. Listen, yeah. on the bash. In England, that's how they say bass. Yes. And Bill Ward on drums. The band's music was heavily influenced by, some may think Satan, but it was truly by the blues and jazz, as well as the occult and horror films at times, let's be honest. But they also pioneered heavy metal music. Contrary wow. to popular belief, Black Sabbath's music was not a celebration of Satanism. Instead, it warned against the dangers of dabbling in the occult and practicing black magic. The band members themselves stated simply they were not interested in Satanism or the occult. However, in a recent interview, bassist Geezer Butler revealed that their music was a warning against the dangers of black magic and Satanism. Warning. He said his family are strict Irish Catholics, and he totally believed in the devil. I started reading books by Aleister Crowley and Dennis Wheatley, especially I sound like Greg the way I spoke that. I, I took especially. I thought you were getting all like beat poet on me there. <laughs> especially Geezer Butler does look like a beat poet. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially The Devil Rides Out, which was meant to be a cautionary tale, but which mm. read more like a handbook on how to be a satinist. This one time Geezer shared, this is a great, mm-hmm. great anecdote. Mm-hmm. Ozzy gave me this 16th century book about magic that he'd stolen from somewhere. I'd put it in an airing cupboard, which I'd never heard of before, an airing cupboard, because I wasn't sure about it. Later that night, I woke up and saw this black shadow at the end of my bed. It was a horrible presence that frightened the life out of me. I ran to the airing cupboard to throw the book out, but lo and behold, the book had disappeared. Geezer went on to say there was some black magic organization that wanted us to play at a stone circle once. Mm -hmm. We said no, so they allegedly, and we have to say that, cursed us. Wow. I remember coming back from our first American tour and I had kidney stones. Things were going really wrong. My aunt and uncle had both passed away. My mom was having a nervous breakdown. And I associated all of these bad vibes from stuff that I was getting into. So I turned 180 degrees away from it all and started trying to put out more positive energy, i.e. Mm. like the paranormal detective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Geezer said that. Uh, Geezer. Yeah. Ian Geezer. Geezer finished with saying the head of the White Witches called our management team and said he knew we had put a curse on us. Wow. What was Who that? just yawned? Who yawned? That wasn't me. me. I was yawning during my own story. So yeah. Hey, and, um, and I, I say geezer take the wheel. Story? Yeah, geezer yes, take the wheel. Finish. All right, good. And we should wear crosses, and he would do a religious 
ritual thing. Mm. So yeah, that's why we started wearing crosses. Ozzy's father actually made them for us. He worked at a metal factory making car parts, so he made it these great big crosses out of spare metal. Mm. Black Sabbath was not a satanic band, but rather a group of musicians who used horror imagery to warn against the dangers of black magic and Satanism. Their legacy continues to inspire and influence artists in the heavy metal genre, and their message of caution against blindly following dogma. Oh, see how they did that? They weaved mm-hmm. in blind dog blind into dog. blindly oh. following dogma. Yep. Remains so relevant today mm. as when they first formed over 50 freaking years ago. Jeez. That was a great story, Eric. That was Thanks, a great, great story. That was for that you. So, was Eric, very... Eric, question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love to answer one. Where did Black Sabbath get their name from? They began on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, mm-hmm. and all of the members were black. <laughs> I don't believe that to be true. That I, no, right? That's what I read. No, that's, uh, no, no. I think that's true. No. We could have them on, Dave. We could ask Or them. I did hear that they got the name from an old Boris Karloff horror film called Black Sabbath. Oh, interesting. Let's vote on that. Put that in the comments. Which you want to vote on? Who's right, Marty or me? Let's just, There's a lot let's of comments do that. right now. Let's I just don't want to comment. Yeah, no, they're not good. They're not good. No. Let's, uh, Marty, let's you're on. up. You've got a story. Hey, Marty. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I'm hey. ready. I'm ready, Marty. You know, again, me and uh, Eric got together earlier today. We talk we, a lot. Yeah, talk a Eric lot, and, and I. I. Eric and I. Uh, we decided to go on a theme again. So my theme is going to continue on with the rock and roll uh, theme. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Joe Wood thinks she may have been abducted by aliens. Joe what? Wood. That was the guitar player from the Eagles. Joe Wood. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-mm. How'd you know? Wrong Not again, Dave. One. Actually, it's yeah. a different Joe Wood. Yeah. The 68-year-old model who is the former wife of Rolling Stones rocker, Ronnie Wood. Oh. Yeah. Believes in extraterrestrials. Yeah. And and has considered the possibility that she may have been a, captured by aliens in the past. Speaking to the Daily Star newspaper, Joe said, I wouldn't be surprised if I've been abducted by aliens but had my memory wiped. Yeah. I often have dreams of me floating and flying just by myself and getting higher and higher. Maybe that was me being abducted and beamed down. Joe claims to have had her first alien sighting in Brazil. When Ronnie alerted her by shouting, come and see, there's something in the sky. Joe explained out over the sea was a thing with lights reflecting on the water. It lifted, went to the right and shot across the sky at a speed that was unbelievable. I was like, I've just seen a UFO that got me obsessed by all things of the alien. I suddenly realized we're not alone. I think there are good guys and bad guys. The good guys just like to look at Earth, at planet Earth, because it's so beautiful. Then there's the bad guys, and who knows what they want to do to us. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad that's not the last story because it's. Uh, yeah. Underwhelming. Kind of looking at looking at those skies. Yeah, underwhelming. I've actually, I've I've actually reached out to Joe Wood to invite her to be a part of the show to share some of her UFO stories. Really? She actually had a um, she had a, a podcast on UFOs for a while. Hmm. I think I remember reading. That. Makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now Greg Lawson apparently hey, talked to Marty and Chachi today because he too brought a rock and roll. Oh, gosh. 
paranormal story on top of it. Well, and the, and the crazy mm-hmm. part about this is, is I have personal experience with one of these gentlemen. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Are you so about to admit ex- you lost your, your uh, virginity yeah. to a member of Yes? Groupie. Are we going to hear a groupie uh, story here? <laughs> <laughs> Dave got that. I don't know who else did. Dave got it. <laughs> uh, Look at Greg. So anyway, I'll move on. Uh, Ex-Yes vocalist John Anderson says his former bandmates have visited him in his dreams after their deaths. Mm. That's right. And I'm writing a book about that right now. Believe it or not, gentlemen. I'm gonna former go yes, I don't believe it. Lead okay. singer John Anderson? Former Yes vocalist John Anderson says that he was visited by his estranged bandmate Chris Squire in a dream after the bassist's death. Bassist. Yeah, in what he interpreted as a reconciliation of sorts. In the course of the interview, Anderson is asked if he had the opportunity to make peace with Squire before the bassist's death, right, in 2015. Uh, He says, he came and visited me after he passed away, Anderson replies, I was in Maui with my wife, Jane, on holiday, and I had this beautiful dream. There was a lot of people around in my dream. To my left, I could see this one lady standing there with robes. She looked like an angel, and she probably was. She pointed up at the sky, and there, Chris, smiling with tears coming down in his eyes and face. I woke up from the dream, and I told my wife, I said, I just saw Chris. He was heading toward the light of heaven. She said, he loved you. And I said, yeah, we were brothers. It was an incredible moment. Yeah. Anderson then continued to say, a couple of months later, I was doing a show in Phoenix and I met Chris's widow, Scotland. And I told her the story. She told me he kept saying before he passed that he wanted to go to Maui. There you go. So that's pretty bizarre, right? Yeah, Yeah, the writer, Andy Green, then asked, but did you actually speak with him before he died? And Anderson said, I didn't need to. He had his life to live. I had my life to live. I actually had a great dream about Alan White, who passed away uh, in May 26 of last year. And, uh, it was a lovely dream. He said, he said he was with all the guys in the band, not just one or two, but everybody was there in the band. They were all doing some gig or something anyway. Yeah, that that was a cool thing. And, uh, and I think that's where a lot of the spirit realm realm is. Well, (laughs) spirit realm is what a spirit realm is. is. And uh, yeah, I wrote, I, I took a, a flight with Alan White and Gigi and we went to England and, 20 or no 1994 1920 1994 i was on a flight with alan and Gigi. yeah sit right beside me it's awesome that's cool very cool. it is yeah. well guys that was normally going to be our last story but oh, just wow. before tonight i wonder why there was a, like, just a dead thing before like, nobody cared about my story Greg, just before jump in uh there was a new story that broke that i had to share this and eric i especially knew your fascination 
with this. I knew this was going to be important. I forwarded you the tweet like during the show. Yeah. 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 This is, uh, this is pretty amazing. The James Webb telescope just took a truly incredible photo of Uranus. Hmm. Recently, Eric, the team behind the James Webb telescope released its images of Uranus. And I'm the first to admit they're stunning. Thank you. Stunning. And it turns out, Eric, Uranus has been an oddball for a lot longer than we've been looking at it. See, there are a number of interesting features, including a transient polar cap that seems to appear in the summer and disappear in the winter. We don't know yet what causes that area to brighten and dim the way it does, but researchers are hoping the new data that the web has collected, along with the new images, will provide a bit of insight into the phenomenon. Now, additionally, we've been given an incredibly clear glance at 11 of Uranus's 13 rings, Eric which vary in brightness from ring to ring so much that it's often difficult to distinguish one from the other to get 11 <laughs> to get 11 on full display right off the bat is impressive. Come on, Dave, this is serious stuff here. Let's, hey, let's, I, let's hold it I, together, please. Dave, do you want me to tell the story? Um, and researchers believe future imaging will reveal the other two in short order so eric you have to be excited about the deeper probing they're going to be doing of uranus yeah that is some big big news hey uh, uh dave can i ask a oh, quick question yeah. so, yeah, so what I, let saying... me finish, let me try finishing well, let, let the Marty story okay, okay go ahead Marty. all right go ahead, go ahead. so I'm, I'm trying to get this all wrapped up in my head so what mm-hmm. they're doing mm-hmm. is the telescope allowed them to in some way whiten uranus mm-hmm. so that it's much lighter now. Mm-hmm. Okay, just mm-hmm. just making sure. Yeah, they've been working on it for years, Marty. No, no, known as uh, known as space bleaching. Oh, okay. yeah, very All interesting, right. Eric. This uh, <coughs> this next bit should come as no surprise. There's actually been an uptick in interest in Uranus recently. Of course. So we're se- this is seventh what grade. Happened to Dave? <laughs> and one of the targets. <laughs> one of He's the so targets by the story is crying. I am. It's it's a powerful story. One of the targets singled out for deep study in the next decade was Uranus. As a result, right. there are now plans in the works to send a flagship mission called Uranus Orbiter and Probe sometime in the near future to study Uranus more deeply than ever, so they can understand. <laughs> the dark spot on uranus eric it's a it's it's baffling everybody that looks at uranus i've wondered for you they cannot figure out what that dark spot is mm. they're going to mm. need to get real close <laughs> it, it may so. require it may require and i don't i don't know uh-huh. how to listen sometimes when you look at something any of us that have children you know, I, I spoke about the Paranormal 60 at uh, History Haunts and Legends in Jefferson, Texas. And I mm-hmm. I want to apologize for... Um, for Hey, man. Yeah. For what? Because we speak the Scientific truth? truth? Is mm-hmm. that this is a NASA article. The whitening of Uranus is yeah. kind of important here. No doubt. We're not the first ones to think that either. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, Dave. Good stuff. I don't care how old I'll ever be. Stories about Uranus, Eric, are going to always make me laugh. Got to float to the top, aren't they? They Mm -hmm. are. Listen, they really are. Especially when you see this Uranus is a dark spot. (laughs) 
Dave. <laughs> you tell me that NASA's not screwing with us. Dave. There oh, yeah. is some these are scientists spending billions of American dollars as, they're as, tricking as, us. And there are there are like eight other planets and they just can't get out of Uranus. Yeah. The the Earth Dave. is flat. And that's Dave. what I don't understand is why everybody is so confused about this whole thing. Dave, when you and I were in Vegas on a personal uh-huh. bro brocation together, right? Uh, right? Which I didn't go on. Personal. You went to France. You know what? Don't forget that. Truth. He was not on that. Truth. I remember you telling me about the brown spot on Uranus. I said the dark spot. It's not the brown spot. Good God. That's it, folks. We hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Make sure to go see Renfield. It opens nationwide April 14th. Oh, good Lord. That story just earned this. Dumbest news of the day. Stay safe. We love you. Come back Monday. It is Easter Monday. We're going to be talking about resurrection in a whole new way. Right here on the Paranormal 60. Paranormal 60's on It's just for paranormal freaks like me The poltergeist and ghosts and booze and UAPs You miss a word, you do a shot It starts to snowball and we laugh a lot It's just like drinking with your TV friends I'll be messed out before tonight's show ends Dreaming the aliens are taking me away I won't wake up the song I played on Saturday It's Friday night and I'm alone The paranormal 60's on Schrader's on Schrader's on Schrader's on Shachi and the Colonel and the paranormal Detective always trade his copy and they all will be corrected He's got protective bracelets and some crazy magic tricks Even Scully cannot save him from the voice of Stevie Nicks Schrader's on Schrader's on Friday night, don't be alone The paranormal 60's on No one day Dave might even put me on his show There's a ghost in my mom's basement Man, I live down there, I know It's Friday night, don't be alone The paranormal 60's on Schrader's on Words is hard This is the Paranormal 60, where probing Uranus will always be funny.